Welcome to an inspirational message recorded live at Little Falls Christian Center. Hallelujah. Oh, Father God, how wonderful, how wonderful to be in your presence and to be able to call you Father. I think it is something beyond our comprehension to even imagine what it really is like to call you Father. But we say thank you. Now, Lord, we pray that you will bless in the name of Jesus everything that will happen here. Let your name be glorified. And, Father, that your people be strengthened and encouraged today by your word in Jesus' name. And everybody say, Amen. Band, I love you and I miss you. Bye. <laughs> and to all of you, hallelujah, I want you to trust me and do this. Come on, come, everybody, do this. If you don't do it, I'll take offense. I'm checking, I'm checking, I'm checking. Right, now do this. It's my hug to you, hallelujah. <laughs> oh, praise God. Uh, yesterday at the prayer meeting, it was, Lord, I think I could have stood here like this and then came an hour early this morning. Your love, your love, your love is just touching my heart so deeply. Yesterday morning with the end of the prayer meeting, God's got a way of just humbling you a bit, you know. So I was so overcome with emotion and overwhelmed with everything. Pastor Harold asked me to end with Our Father, and I forgot the words halfway through. So <laughs> if you ever forgot the words of the Our Father, welcome. <laughs> I do know it, by the way. So Cecile, everybody here, Marinda, you people, my word. There are people watching via live stream. I know you're in hospital beds and recovering from illness. Each and every one that came today, God bless you. I don't know what happened to my wife, by the way. She's somewhere in Gauteng, so I'll find her after this service. She was in the first service. But we're honored to be here in Pastor Harold's absence. I was quite frankly just astounded, taken aback by the way they accept me and love me and just um, in a way even honored me from Wednesday. I really am humbled by that. But for all of you, Okay, so praise God. It's lovely to see you, and uh, I wish I could really spend time with each one. So to the Word. Now, you know, normally we've got all these nice things we say about, oh, that one is a good preacher and whatever else. I just want to say to you, there was a minister, and they overheard um, a group of people talking after a very big crusade, and uh, uh, one said to the other one, wow, but that was a great message tonight. And uh, the next evening it was overheard. Wow, that was a great sermon tonight. And the third evening it was said correctly. What a great God. And this is why I want to talk to you about our wonderful God in the few minutes that I have. And I want to tell you one thing. I'm going to change one thing about church in the years to come. And that is I'm going to make services compulsory for five hours at least per service. And if you say, ouch, do that, don't worry, you don't have to come. But for those of us that like it, like I've learned now to like these things, you just go on with the Lord, our wonderful God, spending time with Him, praise the Lord. So I want to ask you, how many of you today have some unfulfilled prophecies over your life? Don't be shy, just say, I had this prophecy and it's not been fulfilled yet, right? How many of you are standing on some promises of God that are not answered yet? Don't be shy. Raise those hands. I'll raise my hands for prophecies and promises. 
I want to talk to you. I want to say to you that there is a thing called waiting. And waiting is a discipline. And that discipline is good. Because whether you like it or not, there are certain things, and I didn't say it in the first service, so sorry guys, you had to come to the second service also. So here it is. There are certain things you cannot learn apart from the discipline of waiting. It is a thing that is not nice. I hate waiting rooms of any description. But I want to say to you that if you're a person today waiting on God, waiting for God to come through, you're finding yourselves in a school where God is busy working things in your life that you would have missed out on if you did not attend the school of waiting. So there is a wonderful scripture. It is in the Living Bible. Now, why the Living Bible? I don't use the Living Bible as a teaching Bible, but there are some words in this portion that are so beautifully amplified, and it starts like this, 2 Corinthians 1 verse 3. If you just want to make a note, it's not going to sound like this in your Bible unless you have a Living Bible. So, it starts like this. What a wonderful God we have. Now, can anybody say amen? What a wonderful God we have. He is the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the source of every mercy. I don't know about you, but I need mercy. I need grace in my life. I cannot exist without it. Come on, somebody. The source of every mercy and the one who so wonderfully comforts us. Now, I don't know if you've ever been comforted by the Holy Spirit, but if you've ever been comforted by the Holy Spirit, you will know how precious it is and strengthens us. We need strengthening in our hardships and trials. And why does he do this? So that when others are troubled, wow, needing our sympathy and encouragement, we can pass on to them the same help and comfort that God gave us. There are people out there that still have to go through the school of waiting. They still may be in it. They still have to pass some tests. But you having passed it already have got something precious that you can tell them. How many of you have ever had a difficulty and God helped you through? Come on. Don't you know that is a testimony that we can use to help others? Oh, give God glory, somebody. Eesh. When I think of that horrible time having COVID and turning at death's door, I cannot stop telling people, don't you ever give up. Why? Because I made a decision in waiting for my healing. It did not come overnight. As a matter of fact, I'm still healing. But I can say this to you. I said, I shall live and not die to declare the works of the Lord. And it turned into a testimony. Right now, there are people facing the curse of cancer over their lives. I want to say to you, there are people here that have overcome cancer, and you've got something to tell those people. Hallelujah. There are people that will need to wait, unfortunately, for God to come through for them just a little bit longer. Say maybe 25 years like Abraham. 13 years like Joseph. How about 30 years, Jesus? How about 12 years, the woman with the issue of blood? How about 38 years, the lame man at the pool of Bethesda? 
Now, Pastor Tians, you're not really encouraging us. You're saying I've got to wait all these years. No. This morning, Pastor Harold in the second service didn't say it. And I said to him, you stole a sentence from my sermon because this is what the Lord said. I am the Lord God that'll be with you in your waiting, but I can just as easily do a suddenly for you. Hallelujah. Immediately he took up his bed and he walked. There is an immediate waiting for you also on your journey. Oh, praise God. So one of the names of Jesus in Isaiah 9 verse 6 is wonderful, wonderful. Now I say wonderful counselor, wonderful mighty God, wonderful everlasting Father, wonderful Prince of Peace, our wonderful God. How do you encourage yourself? How do you act when you are waiting on the Lord? Do you know what I do? I remind myself of the wonderful things God has done for me in my past. Yes, I have said it numerous times. I'm saying it again for in case you just forgot. God did some miracles in our lives and He's never done a miracle for you. You'd better get to a place where you're desperate enough for a miracle because there is a miracle either coming your way or passing you by every day. Did you hear me, child of God? It is coming your way or passing you by. But we've got to align ourselves prayerfully, waiting for the Lord. David encouraged himself in 1 Samuel 30 when he came back and he found his wife and children taken captive. You might have situations. You know, I have communication with people still in the church. And occasionally I would hear, Pastor Tians, we are at our wit's end now. We're at our financial end. We do not know how we're going to get through. We do not know. And you know what I can tell them? Here, Tians Bloom, if it's the only thing you hear me from the right to the left, from the back to the front on the screen there, wherever you are, listen. I have never seen a child of God going under. They always come out on top. Yes, they might lose some things. They might have some scars, but they always come out on top. Hallelujah. Oh, I've been young and I'm old <laughs> and bigger. <laughs> Yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. If you've got that mentality waiting for that, it'll come your way. But I can tell you, my God shall supply us, Pastor Harold said, in your all your need. Now you sit there and you say, but you don't know what my bank account looks like. I don't care what your bank account looks like. I care what the Word of God says about your bank account. Oh, come on, somebody. Hey. <laughs> it's okay, I'm going home in a few minutes. <laughs> this wonderful Jesus, when I think of Him, my heart sings when i think of the goodness of jesus when i think of all the things he's done for me come on my very soul cries out hallelujah thank god for saving me now if this was an evening service nonsense carco would no king david's advice when you are waiting on him listen consider the heavens look at what a great god we serve I walk on those beaches for hours and hours. Yes, unfortunately, I can do it. And I walk, 
and I look at the whales coming by and the orcas jumping and the dolphins there <laughs> just entertaining me. And at night I look up, oh, praise God for load shedding. There's one good thing about it. I can see further in the night sky. Hallelujah. Find something positive. And then I look down and I said to Pastor Harold, I see, now think this, petrified ocean floor, cement, rock, clip, heart, there it is, with rocks in it. This means those rocks were rocks before the seabed became rock, with shells in it. And I look around me at the vastness of God's glory, and I tell you I stand and my jaw drops and I just stand like this. I cannot utter a word, people, in the majesty of our great God. And you know what? He knows me and He knows you. He knows your needs. He knows your frustrations in waiting. But you're learning things that you will never learn otherwise so that you can encourage others with it. What a wonderful God. So Psalm 62, verse one and two. I want you to turn in your Bibles and take out a pen. Because I'm gonna show you something now in that Psalm that'll bless you for the rest of your life. And while you're turning to Psalm 62, you know I've got very good friends that are doctors. But it's okay to sit with a doctor drinking a cup of tea or having a meal. It's not okay when you sit and they take out your file and they begin to read your diagnosis from a medical perspective. And they say the following A, B, and C. So I want to say to you that when you're in your school of waiting and no matter what the diagnosis is over your life, you must always remember when you receive that news initially, it causes a great shaking in your life. I don't care how holy you are, how spiritual you are, how Christian you are, it causes a shaking. But there's a good thing about waiting, and this is what we're going to read. To the chief musician, Psalm 62, verse 1, to Jethron, Jethron, Jeduthun, a Psalm of David. Truly my soul, now listen to this, silently waits for God your mouth just hanging open in the majesty of our wonderful God. From Him comes my complete salvation, spirit, soul, and body, financially, materially, emotionally, socially. That's what the word salvation means, everything. Now listen to verse two. He, underline only, is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be what? I hear it greatly shaken. Did you get that? If the word greatly is not in your Bible or greatly moved, then you throw your Bible away. Because the word greatly there is in the Hebrew. But why am I putting emphasis on that? Because 62 verse 5, my soul waits patiently, Silently, sorry, for God who alone, God alone again. For my expectation is of Him alone. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be, 
moved or shaken. What I am saying to you, in the second verse, he says, initially before you start your waiting process, you can be greatly shaken. But as you wait patiently in the presence of our wonderful God, that great shaking becomes just a shaking. And if you wait long enough and rely on Him alone, shaking disappears and your salvation comes. That's my wonderful God. I can brag about Him. Psalm 37 verse 7. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. You see, we all have need of endurance. There is a Hebrew word, and that is found, I'm gonna give it to you, Psalm 27, and that clock chases me. Psalm 27, verse 13. David, and look at the life of David. If you have a concordance, just, I nearly said Google, just search. <laughs> yeah, that's what Google is, search, eh? So just search for the word wait in the Psalms and see what the Psalms, you can get yourself busy with a year's study just on waiting. And David wrote most of it, why? David was a king, he was a man, he was surrounded by difficulty on all sides. Listen, I am not out of touch with what's happening in Gauteng. I'm not out of touch with what's happening in South Africa. I'm not out of touch with what's happening in many of your lives. And many of you are greatly shaken or shaken, waiting for your salvation, waiting for the promises, waiting for the promise, uh, prophecies to be fulfilled. But you surround it by many, many difficulties. On one evening, driving from this checkers here, to on deckers, eight vehicles on my way, just driving from here to the eight vehicles next to the road, all with flat tires because of the potholes. Come on, people. You want to tell me, are you so used to it that you don't see it anymore? Where I come from, there's no potholes. <laughs> come to Cape Land. <laughs> Shame. Oh, my heart breaks. That's why I want to, don't want to tell you these things. But So David encouraged himself in the Lord. He understood waiting. And this is Psalm 27 and verse 13. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Listen, you don't have to die to go to heaven to have a quality life. Okay? I'm not preaching funny stuff. God wants you to be blessed here where you are. And he wants you to be a blessing because of the blessedness of your life. Verse 14, wait on the Lord, he gives advice. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Now what does the word wait mean in Hebrew? It is kavar. And it means to wait actively, meaning I don't sit with my arms and legs fold, but I am waiting Lord, what do you want me to do? Yes, Lord, I'll do that. I'll phone so-and-so. Yes, I'll give there. I'll go there. I'll minister there. I'll pray there. Actively waiting. Actively waiting with anticipation. With anticipation. Do you know 
that the last six months of our lives have been filled with the grace and the goodness of our wonderful God. I tell you the truth. I turn around this way and there is my wonderful God. I turn around this way and there is my wonderful God. He's waiting around every corner for you to bless you, to meet you, to help you and to answer you. But are you in anticipation waiting actively? And then it says, hopefully watching for God to act. Now the root of the word wait and hope is the same word. Get this. When you wait, you don't just sit there and wait. Hope is the foundation of your waiting. Maybe today, maybe tomorrow, there's a sign in a cancer ward that says, one day too soon to give up. Don't give up. Maybe this afternoon, maybe tomorrow. Come on, people, this should excite you. Maybe you get home and your prayer is answered. Maybe you get home and the prophecy is fulfilled. Maybe you get home and the promise is there by your door waiting for you. That's my wonderful God that I serve. Now, I want you to turn to Isaiah chapter number 40. And as you can see, I always have a million notes for you. I'll preach that next time. <laughs> right, Isaiah 40. And that is verse 28. I'm going to close with this. Isaiah 40, verse 28. New King James. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Oh, the everlasting, wonderful, all-providing Father. I added in there the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth. Neither faints nor gets weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Cannot figure it out. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. And the young men shall utterly fall. Now listen to verse 31. I hope you've got your Bibles open and a pen. Because I want you to underline two words in that verse. Isaiah 40 verse 31. But those, who are those you, who wait, kavar, on the Lord, shall what? Renew, 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 be made new, be restored, renew their strength. And then they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now, I cannot for the life of me get over how poorly the Bible is translated sometimes. Because there are things in here that we need to know and it's not written in the, even in the Amplified. Got to come to Bible school. Go and register. Jog, kreile, kreipele, lock the doors. I can say it, I'm not the dean anymore. So this is what it says, and I'm going to put this on Facebook. Skinner book. I'm going to put this on WhatsApp. I'm going to put it wherever I can. Because this needs to get out there. I close with this. This is what it actually says in verse 31. But those who wait actively and with anticipation, intertwined, because that's what waiting is, to be intertwined with God, with our wonderful God, hopefully watching for Him to act, shall experience the divine exchange 
of their weakness for his strength as their burdens are lifted. Oh, come on, people. If that went right over your head, here it is again. But those who wait actively with anticipation, intertwined with our wonderful God, hopefully watching for Him to act, shall experience the divine exchange of their weakness for His strength and the lifting of their burdens. Hallelujah. Two words, the word kavar and the word kadash. Kadash is the divine exchange, like when I gave my life to the Lord, He took all of this miserable me, the horrible, filthy me, and He gave me Christ, First Colossians 1 verse 27, to live in me. Who is speaking to you? It's frightening, but it's Christ through a vessel that is just trying His best. So all I can say to you, I close with this. When I uh, practiced, exercised, uh, before I went to the prison warders college in many years ago, I would put bags of sand weights around my ankles. And then I would go jogging with those bags of sand. And then when I took those things off, the first step I gave, it was like, ah! I was so light. When your burdens are lifted, you will soar with the eagles above the storms, child of God. You have exchanged this miserable, horrible stuff here, and you would wait in anticipation for your breakthrough to come. God sent me here. I didn't expect this, but when Pastor Harold said, Tian's preach, I said, I want to talk to the people about how to wait on the Lord and what the rewards of it is, which I couldn't do in its fullness. But you know the beauty of it is in closing. <laughs> I've forever said this. There's a book called Streams in the Desert by Charles E. Cowman. You go and find it online somewhere and read today's portion of Streams in the Desert without me knowing it. It is a summary of the message God gave me for you, confirming that God gives you a message. Those who wait on the Lord shall be renewed and shall mount up on wings as eagles. Would you stand and give God the glory for that? Hallelujah, Father, come on. Oh, faithful, wonderful, mighty, majestic God. Oh, can you see the answer of your prayer? Can you give him thanks for the answer of your prayer? You didn't hear me. You didn't hear me. I said by faith, can you see the answer of your prayer? Your prophecy fulfilled. The promise fulfilled. Now give him praise. Hallelujah. Come on. Yes. 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 Oh, thank you, Father. I release faith. I release patience. I release endurance. I release anticipation. And they will be cleaving to you, waiting for this promise and prophecy to be fulfilled. 
I release your people now in the name of God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit to go in the peace of the Lord with safety, your angels given charge concerning them, and to come back tonight for a wonderful time in the house of God as Pastor Harold shared with me what he has on his heart by your spirit. Lord, tonight is going to be an on-fire service here at Little Falls. We bless you now in Jesus' name. And everybody say, Amen. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.